All right, guys, welcome to the Coffee with Chrissy podcast. I have a very, very special guest with us today. Um, but before I get into that, um, like I always say, um, I do not, you know, hop on the podcast and sell ads or, you know, try to sell you a $997 program. Um, you know, the only thing that I do ask that if you find any value in the content that we put out, that you please uh, subscribe and also review uh, review the podcast. And just to help you for helping me, if you review the podcast, make sure that you leave a little bit about your business uh, on there. Uh, and if you leave a review and put a little bit about your business, um, I'll pick one review and read them before the show. You know, and then at that point, you get a little bit of free advertising. And then, you know, everybody who looks at the show's reviews as well, they'll see about your business. So um, just want to help you for supporting the show, um, you know, because especially, you know, 2020 has been rough for people. Um, you know, 2021 uh, seems like, I guess I saw a meme. It said that uh, it looked like 2020 put on a wig and came back as 2021. <laughs> so, like, you know, um, definitely want to support people for supporting me. So uh, without further ado, I got a really, really special guest. His name is Joe Killinger. He's my new buddy. Um, and he is a titan in real estate. So, I mean, this guy has been in the business for over 30 years. He has uh, over 5,900 uh, you know, in assets, he has over, he's done over 900 million uh, in real estate transactions. It's probably over a billion, but he's like the most humble guy that I, that I ever like met, even though he's so successful. Um, and then he also runs, you know, a really great foundation uh, that has a women's initiative that I'm going to get into. I don't want to spoil too much of it, but welcome to the show, Joe. Thank you for having me, Chrissy. And thank you for that introduction. You make my mother proud. <laughs> wow. You make my mother proud. <laughs> no, I didn't. I had a lot of help. <laughs> it's so funny, though, because it says, um, and you you also were mentioning to me that you've been in the business for over 30 years, but how do you look so young? Like, what is the secret to this? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know who puts that in there. No, it's probably been about 30 years. I just, you know, I... I'm from a small town in Nebraska and my father was a, a, an auctioneer and he got into doing real estate and real estate auctions. And I mean, he sold everything, but livestock, farm equipment. And, but he got into the real estate side of it. And I, uh, I just really enjoyed that aspect of what he was doing. And, and he kind of helped me get through it. And I got licensed in Nebraska when I was 18. And um, as you can imagine, what I look like as an 18 year old, I look like I was about 12 still and uh, eight, Woods Brothers Realty in Lincoln, Nebraska, Pace Woods hired me. What he saw in me, I have no idea because I sit, because uh, I'm kind of where he is in the same position he was uh, at that time. And I'm like, I don't know that I would, I mean, I had to part my hair to the side about reading glasses. So I looked a little bit older and he just threw a phone book at me at 18 years old, says, there's your client list. Good luck. <laughs> and, uh, you're like, okay. And I tried to sell farms and all that. I didn't have much success. Because, you know, when I go to a meeting, I, I would take a senior with me and that helped some. We did get some work, but, you know, I was going to college as well. So uh, I just started very young and um, but I love the business. And it's something, you know, we were talking about with Natalie Wainwright the other night. It's just an addiction. I mean, it's once you get into it, yeah. you know, if you're a people person and I just I've loved it and I love building building companies and I love uh, getting in and helping small businesses and, and helping people get started in in real estate. So 
Yeah. Yeah, it's so funny because you are so right. Like this business is so addictive. Like I, I kid you not, because I always tell people my only regret is that I didn't get into real estate sooner. <laughs> it's like so incredibly addictive. And I will find myself um, just, I just can't stop. I mean, like from, you know, like I'm constantly looking at deals, like, you know, and also if I'm working, it's just, I just can't stop. I lo- absolutely love this industry. So like, I, I know you grew up, you know, leaking, uh, Nebraska, all that, but like, um, the, the, what was I about to ask you, but like, did you, um, did, did you know, like, okay, so once you became an agent, did you actually, could you, did you see yourself expanding to all of this or what was your plan? Like when you were out of school, like, you know, because I think, a lot of young people, cause I'm 29. Like, you know, some people, they know they want to be in real estate, but they're like, maybe I want to be in commercial or maybe I don't. Or like, how did you kind of find your way into this? <laughs> I didn't. I mean, it's just, I really, um, you know, I left, I ended up having to leave. My parents ended up losing their farm in Nebraska. And so there's really nothing for me to go back to. And we had no money. So I just made this decision. I was going to either go to, uh, I was going to head west. And so I packed up my car, said goodbye to my parents. Um, I hope nobody ever has to do that. That was not fun. Um, But then I drove, I was just took off driving west. I got to Colorado. I'm like, you know what? I've been here. So I get to uh, San Clemente, California. And I am running out of money because if my car broke down, I had $1,200 and my car broke down a Flagstaff, need to work. And of course it was $600. I find out later on down the road, I was taken, but oh, wow. being a farm kid from Nebraska was just a little too trusting, I guess. But um, got to San Clemente and that's where I exited Palazada Street to get gas and kind of just started living there. Met some people, started living there and um, worked at Stride Right Shoes. Uh, during the day, did telemarketing at night, found out I was the worst telemarketer in the world. I was so bad. They moved into um, the tech side of it, which ironically, I'm even worse at. And so, but they kept me on because uh, me, it's just my work ethic. I just was always trying to better myself when I was doing, but then I just decided to get my real estate license from there and start dabbling. And, um, you know, it was, I started working with a lady down in Orange County that I was her assistant and I got paid to do it. And um, then I really got the addiction, but I just knew residential wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just started doing different types of debt, started flipping homes up in, in uh, Cal- I've run into some partners that want to flip homes. So I used my license to uh, generate commissions that I would flip into homes and um, just barely got out of that in time. And, you know, it just, I mean, everything just kept happening for me. And there was no real plan in place, which I do not recommend. I re- recommend going through it that you should have some kind of plan in place, right? And not just execute every day. <laughs> you know, I always have a plan that you're executing on. But, um, and then everything went south in uh, California and in the 80s, late 80s. And so I ended up having to get a job and I ended up at a company called Kennedy Wilson. It's a large real, it was a large real estate auction company. Mm -hmm. And so I got put into the market on site first and then into the marketing department. Um, And then they end up going public. And then the guy that is now my partner, George Pino, 
my business partner. He's the CEO of our commercial brokerage in Los Angeles. Um, I got moved in. Once the IPO went, we ended up, um, they started doing layoffs. And for some, I don't really know the backstory on that, but I ended up in George's department. Uh, George, my now partner, laid me off uh, at Kennedy Wilson. So, and we've been partners for 20 some years. So he's been paying for that every day. Right. And, uh, yeah, I'll teach him. Um, but then I went over and started a new auction company with a large independent here in Los Angeles, Fred Sands Realtors, and started the Sands Group. And then shortly after I got that started with Fred, like six weeks later, George joined me at that. And we just became, we decided, okay, we'll do everything 50-50. And so we grew that auction company from a, a startup that's never done an auction to this Within 18 months, we were the number two real estate auction company in the wow. Western region. And so, uh, but then I kept having my legs pulled out from under me. We would, um, that Fred ended up selling that company, or Fred Sands, the owner of the company, sold that division off to NRT. And we kept in, in that under the Cobalt Banker flag. So we ended up at DBL Realtors, a large independent in, in LA. And started their commercial real estate division, and they ended up selling to NRT through the Sotheby's arm. So we kept ending up under that NRT banner, and I just didn't want to be under that big banner. So um, we started Commercial Brokers International in Los Angeles, and we've had that now for almost 17 years. So, wow, um, yeah, it's it's kind of a. It, I just again the the path that I took could have probably been a lot shorter if I'd have had a plan. <laughs> You know, what what I love about it, though, Joe, is like, you know, number one, I know like we kind of, you know, just met and it was in the weirdest way too. we'll tell that story in a little bit. But like, um, but I absolutely love it, though, because you are like such a hustler. And I think like to the degree, I think, you know, we live in a day and age, um, just like you and I were talking about before the show that we don't even realize like how similar we are just as Americans across the board. And, you know, and to hear, like, like you said, you know, even though, you know, you're, you're a man, you know, you're a white guy, but you're still, you were still a, a kid from, from Nebraska. Like you didn't have a lot. And you, you were like, Hey, I'm a drive West. I don't know where, but at the end of the day, I'm just ended up in California and you're like, Hey, I'm a hustle my tail off. And, you know, and I'm sure you didn't have like a ton of mentorship along the way, but you still figured it out. Like what kind of gave you the confidence to just kind of keep going with that? Cause I feel like a lot of people think that they need like some level of permission to do things nowadays. You know, I don't know what it is like, but how did you get that, you know, to just keep going or was it just a need? It's just, you know, growing up, Growing up on a farm uh, is probably the best thing to happen to me because if you any farmer is an entrepreneur, they have you know. And back then in the seventies and eighties in Nebraska, there was a lot of small farms, and you know now you go back and most of those are all gone. It's all these big institutional farmers. But you know you had to be a true entrepreneur. You had to know how to work on your vehicles or your tractors. You had to know crops. You had to know livestock. You had to understand weather patterns. You had to understand all of that. And you had to be a chemist to know how to, to make things grow faster or slower. And we didn't have all the stuff that they have now. But, you know, we use manure <laughs> with a lot of it. So you had to scoop it out and then re- put it on the field. And um, so you really, I think it was just being raised by a, a farming family. And uh, but that was a lot of it. And, you know, I'm a firm believer in trial by error. But mentorship is something that and that's the reason it's such my passion. If I'd had 
better mentors or would have known to seek out mentors, you know, I think it could have done a lot better. And they, you know, that's why I'm so passionate about it. And, you know, that's just something that I think that, you know, if we start having any success whatsoever, we should be helping, you know, pulling the next group up behind us so they can kind of fill in and and keep everything going, going strong. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like, because I'm with you, I didn't have a lot of mentors in my life. And a lot of the businesses, you know, that I own, basically, you know, kind of formed organically, like you, you know, and, and through my network and through the relationships and just my own hustle. And I agree with you. And I wonder if I would have had a mentor, you know, how things would have turned out. But you know, at the end of the day, the best thing that we can do, like you said, is pay it forward. Um, That's why I love like, you know, how open you are. I mean, like, you know, most people in your position that, you know, for whatever reason, you know, they, they just aren't as, you know, accessible. Um, you know, they don't go out of their way, but it's, it's interesting how like kind hearted you are, you know what I mean? Like, you know, for, for, you know, to you to be where you are, you know, and to be so busy as well. Well, it's just something that I think coming I mean, and, you know, I, I'm careful with my time and who I give it to. I mean, we do, I do probably spend, a good amount of time every day talking to somebody that wants to get into being a real estate agent or a real estate investor and a path to go. And, you know, I just think that if you, you find good people and you can bring them into the industry, then all boats rise and our industry will stay strong. And, you know, we, we promote with our agents here in Los Angeles, uh, we have 12 agents in commercial brokers international. And that's something we're very, very focused on our company culture because for us, you know, I have to be in the office every day. I want to be around people I want to be around. And, you know, we find people that we want to to work with every day and have the same attitude. And, you know, if there's something going on with one of our agents that day, other people will step up and help. I mean, it's just, and, and you can talk about your listing appointment you're going on next week and nobody's going to steal the deal. Nobody's going to try that. It's just, wow, yeah. you know, it's an environment that's conducive to success, I think, because, everybody's supporting each other. Yeah. I mean, I think that's super huge. So to go into the mentorship piece, I noticed that you were doing something um, that I thought was like, you know, absolutely phenomenal because, you know, I'm a huge, you know, advocate for, you know, women's rights, equal pay, all this stuff. Um, Women's sports, like I'm just that person um, because I, I, I mean, because I'm a woman clearly, but at the end of the day, I just feel like, you know, people need to get paid equally, you know? Um, So one thing I love this initiative that you're doing um, is you are trying to get um, women involved in commercial real estate. I was in a clubhouse room um, and, and I think, I think he said it inadvertently and like, all, and it was so cringeworthy and I'm not going to say his name, but like the gentleman um, said, and it was a bunch of women in the room. He said, well, you know, for whatever reason, like women in commercial real estate can't cut it. Um, and I was like, Excuse me? <laughs> you know, and I, and I, I think like, I don't think he meant it the way it sounded, but like, yeah. I was, bro, like, um, so, you know, you have a foundation and you have basically, you know, kind of took the philanthropic portion of your business to dedicate to bringing women into commercial real estate. So how does that look? Why did you do that? Why did you choose that? And let's talk about that. Yeah, well, we had uh, the foundation was originally a different foundation. We were buying multifamily apartments in low to moderate income areas around Los Angeles and Dallas. And we'd take a percentage of the units, uh, 
and um, we'd put school teachers in them. We'd discount their rent. Um, in exchange for the discount rent, they had to tutor the kids that live in the building. And because teachers typically, and this has been several years ago, uh, they would have to have a second job. And so they'd have to finish school for the day, drive somewhere else and do like private tutoring. And so that didn't make sense to me. And I thought, what, what if we buy these apartments in the communities near schools, fix them up, make it a great community to live in, and then um, get teachers to tutor. And then we would take a studio or one bedroom, we turn it into a resource room. We put computers with educational software and mini library. Um, and then the teacher would tutor there four nights a week for about an hour and a half each night, sometimes two hours. Well, I say that, but each teacher would go five nights a week and they'd stay there for two and three hours. They just, teachers are incredible individuals that right. are paid. But um, so we started doing that. We had five buildings in Los Angeles and a couple in Dallas. Um, and then, but we started, it was called Education Advantage Foundation at the time. And it was allowing us to, to take donations. We turn around and give kids a scholarship to get them onto higher education. Even if, if they just want to become a man, mechanic, we'd send them to whatever classes they need to or construction or, you know, some of them went on to New York. We gave them a scholarship. We bought their partial scholarship and bought their books. Um, but it, it, it really, you know, these kids really got involved in their community and, you know, we held these buildings. We're supposed to hold them for five years. We ended up holding on to seven years. Wow. And the only reason that we sold is we ran out of kids because I'm hoping somebody else will take this and run with it. Prices are just really hard right now in these areas that we operate because um, we like to operate where we really know the market. But um, we ran out of kids. And so the teacher didn't have anybody to teach. And so um, and you can go out to those buildings. A lot of those families are still living there because it changed that whole dynamic of those buildings. It didn't change the community. It changed that those particular buildings. And, um, you know, crime went down, broken windows went down. Um, you know, we didn't have near as many. So maintenance issues just really slowed. People took pride in their communities. And this, these were in some tough areas in Los Angeles and Dallas. So it really worked. But once that was done, you know, we really liked the whole tutoring and, and mentoring aspect of it. And so we decided to come up with the Wire Foundation. And then we launched that um, right at the end of 2019. We're really figuring out how to get it going. And then and we got a, a couple of people to uh, that we could tutor. And one was a young lady out of Watts that has been in foster care almost all of her life. Just this incredible young woman that she's 20 or 21 now. Uh, she's currently getting licensed. Um, so we, we started doing that. But when COVID hit, we had to stop everything because trying to mentor them over the phone, just we found wasn't going to be very effective. So um, I still talk to Tyler every couple of weeks. We check in. She's getting a lot, uh, trying to get her license right now. So she's in the process of applying for that. We're helping her with that. And I just think if we can offer opportunities to young women in these communities, I really think that they'll see that real estate, it can be, it can be a commercial real estate agent, residential real estate agent, title rep, escrow, on and on and on. We'll find a mentor for you to really help you get there. So, but with COVID, we kind of had to stop. So once we're, we can get back at it, we're going to open it up. Uh, it's just in Los Angeles right now, because when you're start doing a startup like this, I really want to be with it every day and have my hands in the, you know, hands on all day, every day. So, um, 
you know, you have to, we have to be careful with it. We have to be growth, careful with the growth. But um, so once we get going, I'll relaunch it and um, Tyler will jump back on board and we'll get going. Nice. I mean, I absolutely love that. So, I mean, just to just kind of like give the audience just who, who might be considering as well. So I want to ask you a couple questions about, you know, involved in commercial real estate, because I think a lot of people and, and I noticed that on Clubhouse when I wander into some rooms, like a lot of people don't know, like how to make the choice between commercial and residential. And they also don't seem to know, like, where in real estate that they're going to start. Right. So, um, and, and my biggest thing is when you, you don't know what you're doing and you do like 30 things at once, you know, you're going to fail essentially, you know what I mean? Um, you know, yeah. if you don't know what you're doing, um, not, you know, like if you know what you're doing then yet, but like, so how do you know if commercial real estate is right for you? Like as a, as a professional and then like, what is the steps to getting involved to say as an agent or broker or whatever? And, you know, and how, how yeah. do you do that? Um, to get, well, you're going to have to make a decision. I mean, residential and commercial is two totally different animals. It's, uh, and I've done both. Uh, residential, I just didn't, uh, I really, I enjoy running businesses and growing them. We did okay in residential, but I just didn't see that for a path for me because doing open houses on the weekends, um, you know, there's a lot more emotion into it. Um, you know, knowing the design, you know, all the appliances and it just wasn't, that wasn't for me. Um, I'm more of a, I like to be in the office, going through numbers, figuring out how I'm going to turn this asset around, how I can get, you know, if I've got a client that want, wants a, a 7% or 6% return, I know where to take them around the country. And I just like the business side of it a lot more. Um, but, you know, you have to look at, you know, I really tell anybody that's going to get into real estate, if you want to be a real estate agent, you better be an entrepreneur, no matter if you're going to go into residential or commercial, because your first year or two is going to be very difficult unless you come from a situation where you can call on people that are going to immediately, immediately start giving you business. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's really, you're going to have to get in and I'll speak to commercial real estate. I'm not sure how residential they're doing it now. They used to have up desk and all that, and maybe they still do in residential, but um, in commercial, you're going to have to build your business. You're going to be, if you're just getting into it, how are you going to build your business? Is it going to be your sphere of influence? Are you going to have to cold call 150 to a hundred people a day? Um, you really have to, Think about how you're going to transition from day one to, you know, day 365, you know, that first year. How am I going to build business enough so I can start making money? And, you know, when you start in commercial real estate, you're going to want to be in that office 830 to 530 because and you want to be doing your social. You want to be doing LinkedIn. You want to be writing articles about the industry. You want to be thinking about how am I going to build my community? If you're going to be working office and retail you be, need to be in an area. You need to get to know everybody in that area. Do the block program, meaning that you need to walk in and introduce yourself to these people. If it's retail, office is a little hard to do that. You probably get kicked out of the building. But in retail, you know, you want to get in and get to know everybody, find out what's going on in the community, community, and make yourself relevant in that community. So when people think, start thinking about, um, man, I wonder what's going on with that building down the street. They go, oh, yeah, you know what? Chrissy will know. Let me call her. She was just in here last week. And so you got to make yourself relevant in that community. And it, you can't. that doesn't happen overnight. You have to build it. 
and you have to be, I mean, you need to be on, on your social. I, I tell everybody, get as much social as you can. It doesn't have to take that long. I don't live on it every day, but um, you know, make sure you're posting a couple times a week about what's going on in your marketplace. You know, tell them how many properties are available, how many have been leased up or sold. Um, what are in this case right now, what are the concessions in office retail or multifamily in that area? I mean, there's so much content that you can recreate around your community. And the more you do, the better you're going to be. And so but cold calling is going to be number one. Build up your CRM. Make sure you're getting email addresses from everybody. Email them once a month about what's going on in your community. And so um, that's what you're going to have to do. But finding a mentor, you have to find, I prefer that you, I mean, that's if I'm telling you this, if you're going to go it alone, but if you can find a mentor that is doing exactly what you want to do and bring value to them, tell them, Hey, I know that you're, you're doing exactly what I do. I want to grow in the business. I want to learn it from you. I want to help you. How can I bring value to you? What can I do for you? And if it's, they're older and they're not tech savvy. Say, you know what? Let me do the tech for you. I'll, I'll let me get you on Instagram and Facebook and um, all all of the all the socials. And or if they say, you know what? I bought an investment property. I gotta I gotta dig this ditch. You say, well, where's the shovel? I'll get started. Go do it. Bring value to them. Don't just take from them. Bring value to that mentor, and they will. If you find the right people, you gotta make sure you find the right people. But um, and don't pick the first one. Mm-hmm. Interview many mentors, as many as you can, and find the right one and really work hard for them so you bring value to them as much as they're bringing to you. Wow. And I think you can get yeah. started a lot faster. You know, it's so funny because, um, you know, uh, I also, even though, you know, I was asking you the question for other people, I also started taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, these are some real gems. I absolutely love it. And, you know, and that's so true, though, because I think one of the things why I was always successful when I was uh, younger is like, um, oddly enough, I was so naive, Joe, like to the point that I was like, I, I didn't know, like, you know, I know people talk about all these different things, you know, and in, especially nowadays about like certain spaces and privilege and all this other stuff. But well, Joe, like I was so naive when I was like 20, 20, 21, just graduated out of college. I would literally, um, I just made myself omnipresent, you know, kind of like in the area. Like I was like, I was at the country club, probably, I don't know if like, you know, I applied to the country club. They let me in. Um, and I, I didn't even know like what I was really supposed to be doing there. Didn't know like, um, and I was sitting here, you know, having coffee with people. I was everywhere and I'm still that way. And it was like, and when I look back on it, I notice a lot of people sometimes get intimidated by doing that very thing that you said, because it's like, sometimes people have these kind of beliefs about, okay, like I don't necessarily have a cookie cutter, you know, just say Ivy League background, this, that, and the other. And because I feel like they're focused on the result more than actually doing the work. And one of my favorite quotes is, you know, a lot of opportunities are missed because they come dressed as, you know, overalls, right? <laughs> Disguised. Yep. And, you know, and I love that because you're basically like, listen, you got to do the work. Um, Another thing I would ask you about commercial too is like for it's like close times, you know? So I noticed that sometimes it steers people away because 
if people don't necessarily have the means or whatever case may be, they don't necessarily know about closed times versus residential, which usually is on a 30 day cycle. How do you recommend people from, you know, just say, you know, lower economic backgrounds who maybe want to get involved, but they don't necessarily know how they're actually going to, you know, feed themselves while they do this? Yeah, well, that's how I started. I mean, I was I had no money in college. Um, I took a job at um, early mornings. I did um, refinishing, which they taught me to refinish furniture. And then I would deliver on the weekends. You know, I deliver furniture on the weekends. So I just you have to kind of figure out a way to, to make enough money. Um, there are some brokerages that do offer uh, to pay you. But you're going to have to pay. Typically, you have to pay that money back. It's going to come back either through your uh, first deal or, you know, it's something that you got to be careful with. But you're either going to have to you have to just kind of figure it out. Am I going to be able to make because it's in commercial. By the time you pick up your first client, it's going to be you got to go out and find the property. Maybe that's going to take a month, two months. Then if you're going to leases, you're going to negotiate the lease that can take another month. And, you know, you get the first portion when they take possession or uh, when the, on, upon lease commencement. And then the second half when they take possession, that could be five, six months down the road. Yeah. Now, investment sale could be 30, 45 days of multifamily um, could be, you know, 30 to 45 weight, just very similar to residential. But um, it's, it's a very hard business. You've got to save money to make it happen or uh, for you to commit because you got to think about who is my competition? Mm-hmm. Your competition, if you're going to come in and it's knocking out of the park, is somebody that's shown at the, up at the office. If they're new, they're cold calling all day, every day. And it's also the person that's been in the business 5, 10, 15, 20 years. So how are you going to beat them? How are you going to get business away from them? And honestly, Chrissy, it's not that simple, not that difficult. If you really bring value in everything you do, if you go into a community and you know everything there is to know about that community, introduce yourself to the Chamber of – find out what's going on in the Chamber of Commerce. Find out who the, um, the the local politicians are. Get to know them. you got to get to know them. And make sure that you see well, this is what's coming in the community. This is what's going to be coming down. Just always bring value to what you're doing. And a lot of bigger brokers – Kind of, you know, they spread their wings so wide, they don't have that necessary, all that information. You know, they don't know what's going on in each community. And so if you're a little more focused in the beginning, um, but just you got to really focus on bringing value in everything you do. And that's going to get people's attention. I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I couldn't have said it better. I agree. Um, so like, let's like shift the conversation to like, basically just say if you're an investor, right. Which a lot of people who listen to this show, they want to invest. So let's talk about the current market COVID, um, you know, and basically choosing markets. So another thing that I see that people try to do all these different markets at once. Now, every person that I know who's successful in commercial real estate, they always say, start with two markets and then expand. Um, you know, so what are your, what's your theory on, you know, choosing a market to invest in and things like that? You know, I, I want to 
I'll, I'll answer this, but I want to jump back to being a broker too. If there's one thing that I, I'd probably better make clear is find a brokerage firm that is on the asset class that you want to really focus on. If you want to just do multifamily, then um, find the best multifamily brokerage in the area. That's probably where you're going to find it. And but if you're and here's another thing I suggest is if you're going to do one asset class, let's say it's going to be multifamily, you still should know how to do an office and retail lease. Never stop learning in this business. Always not because if interest rates go up, multifamily stops, and you're, you're specialized in multifamily only, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? So you need to know. And then you're out to dinner and one of your friends says, hey, our office is moving. Uh, do you know anybody that could help? absolutely, I can help with that lease. And then maybe you partner with somebody in the office that can help you. But I just think you need to be, you know, have a focus, but have the ability to to deviate from that focus briefly, you know, know that other market. Because I've seen over the years where brokers are, they've got one thing, this is all I do. I mean, can you imagine being an office broker right now? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so funny, Joe, but like, that's literally why I even got involved with real estate like um, last year, because I didn't want to be like, I mean, my background is in sports. This whole podcast used to be focused on sports and I didn't want to be, you know, like pigeonholed to anything. And I didn't wanna have like handcuffs, uh, you know, to this. And it just so fun. It's so funny. I didn't even know COVID was coming. But I was like, hey, I'm going to just start using, you know, my commission checks and stuff to get involved with real estate. Um, And so and then at that point uh, and then also I ended up getting my mortgage brokerage license. And um, and then, you know, this year, like, you know, as you already know, like some of the stuff that I'm doing that I'm not going to like bore everybody with. But at the end of the day, I was like, you know, you you just can't sit here and just have one flow of income, you know, like. Like, because you saw, I saw so many people, um, you know, in, in the sports world, some of my dear friends, so people that so many people that I even respect and admire, like, you know, once sports left at that point, the same people that were getting the coverage opportunities, you know, to cover athletes, they, they didn't have a chance to. So at that point, the, you know, newspapers cut them and the digital publications cut them and, you know, and, and, and just was bad to see that. And even just, and like you're in Texas right now, but you know, by me being in Ohio, Joe, and I kid you not, during the pandemic, I would see, I would drive past the food bank and, and you would see just cars lined up. And it just was so heart wrenching for me because I went to college to stop being homeless, similar to you, man. Like I, I mean, mm-hmm. you are so like peas in the pie because I've like, I literally hustled my ass off the whole time. And, you know, and I was so grateful that I had pivoted, you know, to real estate and had gotten involved with real estate because, you know, I I was very, very successful, you know, in 2020. Um, and, and, you know, and, and I'm trying to still be successful now, but it was just, it, it's something you just got to bulletproof yourself, like as an entrepreneur, like, cause I think one of the biggest things that people mess up is they don't think like entrepreneurs, they think like, oh, I'm a specialist robotic in this thing. Like, you know, it's not that. It's literally like, I love how, you know, it, I was like, to to sit there, go from, you, you went from agent, uh, not in this order, but you went from agent, you were syndicating the auction piece, you did the, you know, I mean, it was like, this dude knows everything about real estate and he was learning on the fly. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of hard lessons in there. I just kind of, yeah, I guess, you know, it is. It's been been a a wonderful opportunity, but it was a 
pain in the ass. It really, uh, but the education has been good. And that's why I just feel it's so important uh, to, to make sure that I can spread some of my mistakes out there so nobody else makes them because some of them were, they were just going to happen because of time and all that. And I really, you know, it made, made for a good learning process, I guess. Yeah. But you know, it goes back to what you're saying too. It was like, you, you were that, you were that um, person, you know, where it was like, you, you know, like every, the, all the rage right now is that show undercover billionaire. And I think you would do great at it actually. Um, Like, but it's like, you were the guy that like, I don't care if wherever you drop me off, I don't care how bad the situation is. I don't care what's going on with my business partners. I'm going to figure out a way to be successful. Like, and like, you got to this, this will do it to you. I mean, it's, you've got to, you've got to, pre- you know, expect the best, but prepare for the worst. And, you know, you always got to be thinking down the road. You know, you always got to be looking. You should have a business plan that you're working off of. I mean, I get a good number of investors that'll call and they'll say, hey, I want to invest. And, I, you know, I start asking them about returns. They haven't thought about the returns. Um, you know, I just did a video yesterday with a bunch of, with a big cannabis company because we get so many calls um, that people call and say, hey, I want to get in the cannabis business. And, and you know, you start doing the due diligence on them and they haven't really thought about it. They just know that they want those, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13% returns. And so you know, it's kind of backward. You got to figure out how to get there first. And so I was really, they were shooting this video for my YouTube channel yesterday. And um, I actually learned a lot about that business. And you, you need to know, you need to know it. It's a tough one. Cannabis. Absolutely, man. Like I mm-hmm. agree. Like I, I don't get it yet. Um, you know, I wouldn't mind learning, but I don't get it. So I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm definitely got to commit myself to learning about well, it. We'll have the video up on the YouTube channel next Tuesday, late afternoon, I believe, or Wednesday, Tuesday afternoon. I think. Nice. So I'm, I'm actually, I actually am about to subscribe to your newsletter too. So. Like, oh yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. I'm kind of like. I'm like, listen, I'm going to just do everything this guy said and hope that I I don't know about that, but we try and put out, I mean, our goal is with what we're trying to do is just to help people that want to be real estate investors figure out the path because, you know, George and I started years ago with buying a little 10 unit building in a terrible, it's West Adams and here in LA, I'm actually in LA right now, but in West Adams and, um, Really didn't know what we were doing, but 10 units, you can make mistakes, figure it out. Um, bought it for 275000 We weren't expecting, you know, we, we overpaid at the time, but I don't think we were smart enough to know it, but we did. And then, but cut to seven years later, that property is worth one, two. And wow. that, really, that really helped us get, get started. So uh, again, a lot of this has been luck and time and just getting older in the industry. Um, but but yeah, the investors, they've really, if you're going to go into an area, you better know that area. You better study it. You better be on all the websites you can get. And, you know, because there's a big difference. There's a speculator and there's an investor. A speculator buys in hopes that the market's going to go up. An investor goes in, does all their due diligence and really kind of ratchets it down to, okay, this should all happen this way. And so and that's where a mentor can really help you is with investing. And, you know, maybe with investing, you want to start off just doing a real estate investment trust, you know, put a few hundred dollars in there, a couple thousand dollars into it. It doesn't take a ton of money 
and start getting that paperwork coming to you that they've sent and really learning how it's done. And that's always something that you can do to really kind of get a feel of it. And if you can find a real estate investment trust in the asset class that you really want to focus on, I mean, we tell kids in, in high school, invest in that and let's you know start learning that, how that process works. And, you know, cut to, I had a, a young lady I was talking to a year and a half ago and um, she's she's buying properties in Arizona and she just call, every time she buys one, she calls and it's just her energy is incredible and she's doing so well, but she's doing her due diligence. She's buying rights and, you know, but. She's she's looking at every every number she can look at vacancy rate, occupancy rate, concessions right now. What's coming down? What's coming into the city? What's going out of the city? Which is something you know we're dealing with here in California is companies are moving out. Um, not some, we're not as bad in Southern California as Northern California, but you better know what those companies are and how many people are taking with them. So, lots of due diligence. It is. And, you know, I think the core of everything that you're saying, too, is commitment, you know, like because mm-hmm. like, to a degree, um, you know, that's the, that's the chief reason why people fail. Like it, it's not it's like because you don't even know to start looking for that stuff unless you're committed. You know, what I mean? like, you know, it's like you that's how you start to even, you know, get the creativity. That's how you know to start getting into the trenches. It's like because you, you got to be committed. And so and commitment doesn't mean like, yeah, yeah, you know, yep. Yep. Like you said, eight, eight to five, you got to you got to roll in there, like whether, you know, you're you have to or mm-hmm. not, you know, so it, it's yeah. and, and that's the thing about free, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, it's uh, so, you have to treat it like a business. I mean, if you don't treat it like a business and know your numbers on your investment properties, you know, you can get your ass handed to you pretty quickly. Pretty much. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. And that's in any business, too. I mean, like yeah. you'll walk into a deal and get absolutely eaten alive because you don't even know what you don't know. You know yeah. what I mean? And, yeah. like, people know, like, and, you know, yeah. and it's like, uh, nope. You know what I mean? So. You got to have that clarity, that certainty and that commitment and be ready, you know, so for sure, for sure. So I guess I'll ask you this, um, you know, before we wrap up is, you know, so what's next for for you? Like, I mean, is it another nine hundred million dollars or how? how (laughs) You know, it's something I was going back and forth with Natalie last night. Uh, I I screwed up on, you know, this clubhouse I really love. And I think it's 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 a powerful tool. And so. Um, you know, I went, got invited, logged on. And when they ask you to be a speaker, it turns your speaker on your phone automatically. Right. Well, Natalie, fortunately was part of it. She muted my mic for me and text me, Hey, shut your mic off. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm learning this, but, um, I was going back with her on this idea that I've got, uh, it's called a real estate jam session. And so this is something I think I, I want to put together. I'm figuring out the market for it. Um, and what it is, is I just get a group of individuals from different markets. I'm going to use I'm going to use residential real estate. because That's probably the first one I'll do. So I'll go to um, real estate, residential real estate agents around the country, probably that have a decent following because I need to have them help me promote it, especially when we're launching like this. Um, so I'll say I'll have a broker or two in Manhattan, um, brokers in Florida, Texas, up and down the coast in Southern California, probably Illinois, Chicago. But it's people are shuffling, you know, like 
California is going to Texas and Florida. New York is going to Florida and some to California. So you've got all these people moving everywhere. So I think it'd be an interesting dynamic to do, um, have them tell about what's going on in their marketplace. You know, what, what's happening, what's really happening. I know I'm reading in the news, but I'm not sure because I was talking to an agent in Las Vegas the other day and she goes, oh, I've put eight companies from Southern California in Nevada. Well, that hasn't been anywhere. So I don't know that we're all seeing all the, the right news. And so I'm going to do that. It's going to be the, called the real estate uh, jam session. And so I can do residential first. And then I can do like the following two weeks later, commercial real estate jam session and have people from that industry that will come on and speak about what's going on. And then it can be multifamily real estate jam session or how to get more women involved in commercial real estate jam session. Right. You know, changing the name. And so I think it's going to make for an interesting dynamic. I'm really figuring it out right now. Um, so we've got the logo done, working on the the story of it all. And so that's really been my focus, that running our uh, commercial brokerage here in Los Angeles, uh, keeping the operations going. I love it. I love it. We got to, so one thing, we got to do a clubhouse together. Um, yeah. I'll, yes, we got to do that um, because I'm doing more and more clubhouses. And um, yeah. Let's let's do yeah. that. But yeah. Joe, Joe, I really appreciate like, you know, you taking the time. I mean, like we literally just met um, and I and I just appreciate your time. I appreciate your knowledge and, and I appreciate everything you are. So how can like people find you and stuff like that, interact with you? You know, yeah, I, I've got uh, we couldn't think of a better name for our website because I'm trying to keep this different from our, our commercial brokerage company. But um, it's just, you can go onto my website, joekillinger.co, J-O-E-K-I-L-L-I-N-G-E-R.co, or uh, my phone number, 310-943-8542, 310-943-8542, uh, or check out our brokerage, uh, cbicommercial.com, cbicommercial.com in Los Angeles. And you're also on Twitter. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, everything I have. Uh, yeah, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Yeah, please connect with me at Joe, J-O-E, Killinger, K-I-L-L-I-N-G-E-R, at Joe Killinger. Connect with me, please, and um, let's keep this dialogue uh, going. I'm really, we're on a real tear to get uh, more women involved in commercial real estate. So, um, you know, we're, I'd like to keep that dialogue going. Also, we are looking for more people for our brokerage in Los Angeles, more good real estate, entrepreneurial real estate agents. Love to talk to people. Absolutely. So I'm a woman and um, I might be reaching out to you. No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> no, but uh, no, in all, in all seriousness though. Um, but I really appreciate it. Um, I appreciate you coming on this show. Um, so to wrap up guys, um, make sure that you follow Joe. Um, you know, I really get, appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. So if you really enjoy the value that Joe brought that, you know, we do on this show, please leave a review again and leave a little bit about your business. It's how we support you for supporting the show. Um, and after that, you know, thanks for listening, guys. And I will see you next week.